everybody. Welcome to the I Can't Help You podcast. I'm your host, Danny Conroy, and I am joined here in the studio today by a couple of regulars and a new person here that we're very excited to have. Justin is in the studio as always. Justin. Hello, your producer here. <laughs> and Lauren is here. Lauren is here and equipped and feeling very energy today. I can feel it. Yeah. Is that true, Lauren? You know, caffeine helps. Kathleen, caffeine helps. Caffeine helps. <laughs> caffeine and caffeine And helps. Kathleen. And speaking of Kathleen, to my right, Kathleen McCarthy here in the studio for the first time. Welcome. Hello, everybody. So glad to be here. We're really glad to have you. Very We're really glad. glad to have you. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so uh, we are really happy to have this podcast. This is our, what? This is our third, third. Yeah. third one now. Mm -hmm. You're starting to find our groove a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren has brought in some interesting topics. We're gonna we're gonna touch on addiction today. We're gonna talk a little bit about addiction, about substance use disorders. But then we never know where that will take us. Mm -hmm. Just like I never knew where my own substance use disorder would take me. Same. Amen. Amen. Huh? And uh, <laughs> ba -dum bum. <laughs> ba -dum. So anyway, so we do have some questions here that are coming in. Then uh, we would like to jump right into those. Mm -hmm. So Lauren, what do you got for us in terms of questions from our listeners today? Oh, right. Um, so one of the questions, hmm. All right, interesting one. Is there a link between OCD and addiction? Hmm. Ooh, I love this one. This is a good one. Mm -hmm. Well, go for it, Kathleen. Okay, I'll just jump right in. Jump right in there. Yeah. Um, so if we think about OCD as an obsessive compulsive disorder, mm -hmm. um, that makes me think of the mind going wild and doing loops and obsessing over a thought and then it becoming so intolerable that it has to be followed by an action in order to self-soothe. So if that's the definition of OCD, I think addiction fits very well. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly believe in this idea of, um, yeah. If we follow a thought with an action and we're addicts, then that can really snowball out of control. Mm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally believe that uh, there's a link there. Um, I think that not everyone that has OCD is an addict, but right. I think that everyone who's an addict might actually have some form of OCD, for sure. Well, you're definitely stuck in repetition, right? So there's a repetition action following repetitious well, I don't even know if that's a word, but thoughts. It's a good word. So the loop upon a loop leads to a loop of action. And I, I like what you're saying about that. I don't, I can't definitively answer that because I don't mm -hmm. feel like I know enough about OCD mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. But I like what you said, Kathleen, which is I feel like there is a, there's a, uh, there's an element of being stuck in something, right? Like, so, so if I have OCD, like my grandfather, I'll use my grandfather as an example. My grandfather was like this incredibly successful businessman guy. He had OCD super bad to the point where he had to tap the faucets 53 times in his bathroom before he left. And it was always 53. And nobody in our family ever knew why. We knew he did it, but we never actually knew why. So even if he was out of town, like in Europe on a business trip, he would need to have somebody tap on those faucets for him. He, like He could not rest unless that happened. And he was also alcoholic so he was so he was also alcoholic but um but he was a binge drinker so he could go weeks mm -hmm. or months without drinking and then he would drink and have, have a bender or whatever but 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 that kind of repetitious thing mm -hmm. is a really interesting what are you justin you got any experience with ocd and i had pretty much zero experience with ocd okay yeah <laughs> just to be honest I, I don't know if i can really weigh in on this question yeah yeah 
All right, we'll come back around to you. Either way, it sounds like whatever it is, it's impeding your life. It's impeding the normal functioning yeah. of your life. It's getting mm-hmm. in the way of just moving through the day. Yeah. And, and, and for those of us with a substance use disorder or addiction, you know, when you're active in that, I like what you said, it's obsessive. Mm-hmm. It's definitely compulsive. Mm-hmm. And it's disordered, right? Because it's a disorder in your life. So, so in pure terms like that, I agree with you. I think there there are absolute parallels. Mm-hmm. I don't know if one's a cause of another or Mm-mm. how, right? Like how yeah, it all yeah, fits in. Yeah. And about what do you think, Lauren? Yeah, um, and that and that's something that I was actually thinking about as as you were talking, um, because I I I do think that I I agree, and I do think that there is a link. Because I mean. Going back to what you said, Kathleen, um, it's because I, I do have OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I was younger, um, it was really about I have to do certain things in order to feel better. That being said, at the same time, I've sort of come to realize that I like to say that like my addictions have been dormant. Like I've always kind of had that in me. Like. I just kind of develop these habits and they've and like they've just kind of I've just I've it's like I found very creative ways to cope Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very interesting and dubious and not that healthy but I just did a whole bunch of things to cope with things that happened to me in the past Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so and so it makes sense that there is just that there is like a thought, like, I don't know, a single thought and just trying to get through a day. And there's just one thought going over and over and over again. And like one and like, I'll use an I statement. And like, I'll know that there's only one thing I can possibly do that'll make it go away or feel better. And that's using or doing whatever it is to do. So in that sense, I do think that there is a link I also do think that they can very well be separate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I wonder if there's studies about it. I also wonder. I'm sure that there are, and we could mm-hmm. check with some of our friends about that. I I also wonder if there's an element of it that when we when we try to make it go away, like you were saying, like there's only one thing I can do to make it actually go away, and that is the thing that I'm obsessing about. Mm-hmm. That. If indeed that's true, like in some ways that might be how we're wired like that. In some ways that might be a response to mm-hmm. coping mechanisms or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at other times it could be like how we're wired. Like I was watching this special on PBS the other night about mm-hmm. Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really like I knew he was really smart and I knew E equals MC squared. I didn't know anything else. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know what. He had like, a great theory, head of hair. He had a great mm-hmm. head of hair. I knew he's a kind of like. You know, Epic the, mustache. Yeah. Right. Theory of relativity. Like I know the words, but I don't really know what it means because mm-hmm. I'm not that heady really. And I don't I've never pursued that kind of stuff. I would have used to say it's because I'm stupid, but it's not because I'm stupid. I just have not exposed myself mm-hmm. to that. But anyway. It was in his biography about him, and he became obsessed, like completely obsessed with rays of light. Like, like if you could, if he, he understood the speed of light, but he was basically saying, what's at the other end of, a speed, of the speed of light? Which was such a ridiculously heady question. I was like, ah. But he, 
was obsessed. He was a horrible student. He didn't care about all the other stuff that was going on, but he had this massive kind of brain that would obsess in certain areas that led to all sorts of advances and scientific genius, right? So just like other things that we've discussed on the show and kind of my father, I just don't, I think when we, when we put it as bad, right? Like OCD, bad, got to mm-hmm. take care of my OCD. It becomes this project that then all of a sudden we can obsess about our obsessive compulsive disorder, which mm-hmm. leads to more obsessions and mm-hmm. right. So, so somehow transmuting these patterns of how we are into ways that suit us and don't destroy us seems to be, I don't want to say the trick or the secret of life, but in some ways it is. It's, I think it's like accepting who we are and figuring out a different way to challenge it. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it's, you know, I, I didn't really want to weigh in on this, but I'm having more thoughts as you guys are talking. Um, I've never had an experience where I've been diagnosed with you have this or you have that or you're ADD or you need to take these drugs or anything like that. So I, I have opinions about this kind of stuff, but I feel like it's a little bit, um, I don't know. I don't know if my, I, don't, I guess I don't know if my opinions are valid because I, I maybe haven't been through the exact experiences, but I think that um, just the way that we live in our life contributes to a lot of this kind of stuff. Like I can't help but think, if we were if we were living like a nomadic lifestyle like humans were a long time ago did people have ocd in the same way i mean i think we just have so much repetition in the way that we live now it, you know from when you're a child you wake up you have breakfast you go to school you repeat the same routine every day um we're so routine locked that i think it could produce this reaction of like you know, getting in these mental loops and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is also maybe a defense mechanism too, where you wanna you wanna make sure you're doing things. Um, I don't know. Like I, I'll go back and check that I locked the door three times, but it's because I, mm-hmm. I really want to make sure that I locked the door. You know. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's not the same as OCD, but I wonder how just like patterns in our lifestyle and repetition contributes to that. That's actually OCD light. OCD light. That's just like regular, just a little taste. Every man's, every man's OCD. Yeah, daily OCD. That's a know. that's another kind of interesting way to view it. Is if you is when um, Sam Randall does this. So, you know, my friend Sam Randall down at the Collegiate Recovery Center. Shout out to Sam. When she presents on substance use disorders or addiction, she puts everybody on the same continuum, mm-hmm. right? Not in the same place on a continuum, but everybody's somewhere on a continuum. And that model for mental health in general, I really like, right? So, like, if you take a straight line of OCD and you have somebody over on one end of the spectrum, it's like, I don't really even know what that is. I don't feel like I've experienced that at all. But then all of a sudden they say, like, yeah, but I do kind of get, you know, I sort of check the door three times because I get worried or I make sure I have my plane ticket in my back pocket a couple different times even though I know it's there. Yeah. That might be, like, on one end of the continuum over here. And then you'll have other people who are, like, shut into their house because they can't leave because totally. they're obsessed with it, right? Mm-hmm. And, but it's all along a certain continuum. And I just like that model for mental health because it puts us all in the same spot rather than those people over there. And these, right, you know right. what I mean? I mean, we are really all in the same spot. So Yeah, are we're we? all on the same continuum yeah. called life. Yeah. yeah. We're all recovering human beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us just like to feel like we have control, right? And when I think about OCD and when I think about addiction, I think it comes down to we're trying to find ways to control our experience. And in the beginning, it's to feel good, right? To feel okay. Let's check the door three times or let's hit the faucet 53 times. But the 
intention behind that is I want to feel okay and I want to have control of my day. Yeah. I think the difference in terms of the spectrum is sometimes it becomes dysfunctional. And debilitating, Yeah, right? debilitating. Absolutely. And, and Lauren, something that you said reminded me of this idea of like, when we start any behavior, we start to sort of try to keep us alive, right? right? Mm-hmm. We right. just want to just stay alive and stay afloat. Some people, not all people, it ends up killing. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. let's take it all the way there. Right. Whether yeah. that be killing any chance at having a normal life or right. physically killing someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's definitely a spectrum. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. grayer than, I think, meets the eye. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about this on the show before, that the this idea that no matter what we've adapted as a defense mechanism or a disorder or whatever that might be, most of the time upon further examination has great intelligence behind it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen out of the blue usually. Like it, like, and I think that's what exactly what you were just saying. Like there was there, there's a time when the beginnings or the origins of whatever behavior, which later became dysfunctional or debilitating, actually were a super intelligent defense mechanism that kept us alive. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. I, 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 and not I, to negate that. It's like, how do we nurture that? What was the original intention? Right. right? Mm-hmm. right. When you started this thing. Yeah. Whether it be tapping a faucet or right. smoking a joint, right? What did you want to get out of it? Yeah, what was what was the beautiful intent? You know, it, it wasn't to for almost every. I, I think everybody. It, none of these things start off as how can this destroy my life. No. Mm. It starts off as how can I get some relief, mm-hmm. right, from this thing called life. Relief. That's a good word. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's anything else you want us to talk about with OCD and addiction? What do you think? Um, actually, nothing in particular other than just maybe other than just like getting into addiction itself. Yeah. Just kind of putting OCD to the side. Sure. And moving into the... I can't do it. I can't let go of it. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to talk about that for another 17 and a half minutes, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I mean, I mean, I guess from personal experience, um, kind of speaking to ways to cope. I mean, for me, um, my MO is... I don't want to think anymore because mm. I already think too much as it is mm-hmm. where it's like my it's like basically how I think is that I have a whole bunch of little thoughts mm-hmm. and then those thoughts have their own thoughts mm-hmm. and those thoughts have their own thoughts and it kind of turns into a web of thoughts and ideas where um, I where there's connections like very very tenuous connections that only I understand but I have to but it's sometimes hard for me to actually explain mm-hmm. to other people. And mm-hmm. so I kind of get caught up in my own head because I'm trying to figure out how to say coherent mm-hmm. sentences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so basically my MO is whatever it is that I use, alcohol, whatever various drugs I've done, was to just not think. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. stop the voice yeah. in the head, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. I I love, uh, I want to talk about that. That yeah. part to me seems like the deal. Yeah. What I mean by that is just like the real issue on the continuum is these thoughts in our head. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge revelation to me. Eckhart Tolle's, Tolle's work really was the first thing that sort of introduced this concept to me. Power of Now, if you haven't read it, highly recommend it. But... This idea that our thoughts are actually separate mm-hmm. from who 
we actually are. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a really tough concept. Like, well, what do you mean I'm not my thoughts? That's how I've responded to that. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I'm not my thoughts? Mm. And this idea is like basically that involuntary thinking is really our problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the... Like the tape? The genesis of the nemesis. It's like mm-hmm. thinking, out of control thinking. And that if you really look at, you take that all the way out to like the most, to the evils of the world, most of it stems from thinking. So our brains aren't bad necessarily, but they can really do some pretty fucked up things to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like send messages, repetitious messages, say different things. And and I'm just really, I'm, I, I work with that every day. Like if I have a sense of spiritual practice, it's kind of like my thoughts don't matter, but I have to deal with my thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Like my thinking, used to have a drinking problem. Now I have a thinking problem. But my thoughts aren't always necessarily informative of quote unquote truth or reality. They can just be these kind of loopy entertainment valued things. So... So then if, if, if we just accept that, whether we do or not, that our thinking isn't who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Then who are we? If I'm not my thinking, what am I? Hmm. I have thoughts about it, but what about you guys? Hmm. Oh, I don't know, but I have an interesting, like, different response. <laughs> okay. Because when I hear that I'm not my thoughts, I feel like a massive amount of relief. I'm just like, oh, thank the Lord. Yeah. 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 So, but I, I would mean, say it's probably because you've done a lot of your own work. Like, you've, right. you've worked through a lot of stuff. Yes. And then I'm just going to talk about feelings. Hit it. So, I think <laughs> that um, thoughts are just a story we attach to our human experience, which we experience through feelings. Whether that be a somatic feeling or, um, you know, how we label feelings. Like, I'm feeling sad or I'm mm-hmm, angry today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that... The feelings is where the solution's at. It's like, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. come, if I'm not my thoughts, then I'm this embodied experience having feelings moving through the day. Mm. The thoughts are the story that I make up to make sense of my own feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just want to like put that out there because I love feelings. Mm-hmm. And although I used to hate my feelings, sure. I've learned over time to have a healthy relationship with them. And it's helped me to rewrite my story because as you were talking Danny I just kept thinking oh what's the story we have about ourselves mm-hmm. those are the thoughts that's mm-hmm. the story I mean it's programmed into us from day one it really is you know before we even pop out like people are yeah. telling us how to be yeah um, so I think you know just the process of untangling that and finding like one's real truth mm-hmm. which is kind of like a vague thing to say mm-hmm. um, is really like where the, I guess, the solution lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Other thoughts about, other thoughts about, if we are not our thoughts, what are we? Hmm. That's so, I think that's so strange and complicated to say we are not our thoughts, but <laughs> I, I kind of get it at the same time. Like, um, I, I mean, I think we're in control of our thoughts, though. Are we? I, What's the next I, thought you're going to think after this one? I'm thinking about how to respond to that question. That that uh, okay. I don't know. I mean, there's there's different there's different levels of thoughts too because there's there's um we're getting sensory input um, somatically like you're saying. Really, all that's happening is that our nervous system is interpreting signals and different pressure levels and things like that that are around us. So, in that sense, I don't know every 
I don't know what there's a, there's a thought and a response. Like I'm not having a thought about seeing right now or hearing or feeling feeling the temperature in the air and things like that. But but thoughts are more like these response these like um kind of mentally spoken responses to things that are we're experiencing or happening around or processing that's happening about what we're going to say or do next, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think there's a certain level where we're maybe we're our thoughts are just happening and we're not in control. But if you're really paying attention and present in the moment, I think that you you are mostly in control of what thoughts you're having. Something that I think about a lot, actually, that I, I, I almost feel like I could be like, I could be at this next level of human being if I were to be able to do this. But I, I think of how much mental energy is wasted when I try and explain something in my head. Like, if you guys weren't here right now and I was trying to do some process, set up microphones or whatever, and I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, I got to take this cable and plug this in, and I got to move these drums over, and I got to do this thing in the studio or whatever. Um, I don't have to explain any of that stuff to myself. I could have thought all of that stuff without saying it. So why do we say things in our head? You know, it's part of the processing, but I think there's so many times when I'm explaining something to myself, especially if I'm in my house by myself and I'm, like, walking around doing things, you know, whatever. There's no need to explain that. It's really just a waste of energy to be explaining something to yourself in your head. I I love I mean I love what you just said because I think what you just said is when I'm present, I don't need to have interpretive and ongoing involuntary thoughts. Yeah. But when I'm trying to interpret my experience and I start to think about it, for me anyway, I'm not meaning to interpret mm-hmm. yours, but for sure. me then I'm actually taking myself out of presence in the moment. And and I, now I'm now I'm now I'm living in some other interpretation of what's going on. But the other things that you mentioned, the the temperature on my skin, that's just that's just what I feel. That's what I'm here. That's what's going on right now. When I'm uh, plugging in the equipment and doing all that, you're you're just engaged in the process of carrying the water, right? Like yeah, chopping the wood, carrying the water. You, you you're just doing that. Like uh, so so from a place of presence, like when I'm at my most present, my thoughts aren't running. There's not a lot of distinction between gardening and hiking or uh, being in conversation with somebody because I'm there in that moment doing that. The second that I start thinking, what am I doing after this? Right. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, then, yeah. Then all of a sudden now I've, I've, I've shut myself off from my own experience actually. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's totally different from some of the other things that we might be talking about, like self-criticizing in your head or like some kind of comparison that you're doing or this this kind of like, like I think a lot of people have a thing where they're, you know, like maybe I'm doing something and I'm like, oh man, you fucking suck at this. Like blah, blah, blah. You start, you start kind of saying stuff like that. And mm. that's these kind of repetitious thoughts that are maybe unhealthy patterns that we don't need to say things like that to ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it can be part of like the cynicism of culture and of of lifestyle or the way that you communicate or something, which is can be okay to a certain degree. I don't know. I think there's a distinction too between sometimes it is helpful to actually talk out loud in your head like that. You're trying to learn something or work work through a process. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing something that you're comfortable with, you shouldn't need to think all of these thoughts about it. You can just do it. If I'm gardening and I know how to garden or I know how to set up mics in the studio, I don't need to be really like thinking but I don't need to be talking about it in my head I should mm. just be able to carry out the action and exist in carrying out that action right mm. Mm. totally yeah 
Well, I think it's sort of the difference too between consciousness and thoughts, right? Like consciousness yeah. is just our experience as we as we are. Another metaphor for that would be our thoughts are the waves coming in on the beach. Our consciousness is the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. You know, which is this very in which which may or may not even be separate. Like, I, I question whether each of your consciousness your is actually any different than my consciousness or if it's just one consciousness and mm -hmm. then our brains just you know separate ourselves and just filter my little thing and yeah competition right. and totally yeah oneness yeah and then separation yeah but i haven't had a lot of subject i know okay. i know but i do but i do feel like it's <laughs> feel like we're in the ocean right now. We're, yeah. we're, I'm drowning. <laughs> anyway, we should probably bring it, rein it back in a little bit. but yeah, Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm, I'm just still stuck on, you said something about nemesis and genesis, which mm. yeah. sound really cool. I like. I just like words that rhyme. The genesis of, the nemesis of a gen, I think I got that from Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z Jay -Z says that in one of his songs. Somebody does. I stole it. I don't know from who. Mm. But, um, I, I mean, I, Okay, here's how I look at it. If you, I've had children, which has been a really great experience, and they were born, and I was really struck by how much they knew as babies that I either forgot or didn't know. And it wasn't about the, the babies before human, before they get conditioned, are pure presence. There's no interpretation of the experience. I'm hungry, I cry, I eat, I'm good. I shit my pants. Someone changes it. It just there's no, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. That's real. This is, but but it's, it's just that. But it's just that that thing where they are just being totally real and present in the moment. And then this is my own interpretation, but it's like or my own experience actually. And then my feelings as a parent about their totally natural normal reactions starts to instill patterns in them mm -hmm. that aren't really themselves. So in a perfect world, you just be like, you have a need. I help you with your need. It's all good. Parents just say neutral. But we don't. We get into, oh, cute, cute, cute. And we get into, oh, this is so frustrating. Well, now you're starting to slowly teach that other human being that they, the baby, is kind of responsible for the feelings of the person who's mm -hmm. caring for him. Mm -hmm. And depending upon how that whole thing kind of plays out, that's really early. Then you go to preschool and you get this and society doesn't. Uh, now, I'm not saying there's anything you can't do about that, but I'm saying that the, the genesis, I think, is that we start to think that we're responsible for other people's feelings. Codependency. What's that? Codependency. Yeah. Well. Well, in the in the beginning, you you are responsible for the life for keeping the child alive. Oh sure. And because we're complex beings with feelings, that gets inter intermingled in it. Oh for sure. Yeah. But I'm saying it from the baby's perspective, mm -hmm. from the pureness of presence. They come in with just this sort of pure presence. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty clear. We start to fuck them up, and and I don't mean that like fuck them up is a really harsh thing. We start to condition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us are conditioned by, like, there's a part of us that comes in just who we are and our kind of essence. And I feel like we spend our entire life fighting after, after we're kind of an adult. We spend our entire life just trying to get back, just mm -hmm. trying to get back to, like, what is that essence? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is that unaffected, unconditioned essence of self? 
brilliant sanity. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And all the other stuff, all the other stuff are just, and I don't mean to downplay because when I say these things, I feel like sometimes I discount people and I don't want to do that because when you're suffering from a condition, it hurts. It like really, really hurts. Like when you're, you know, advanced in your substance use disorder, it's so messed up. I've been there. It's horrible. When you're feeling suicidal, it's horrible. All these things. But I do feel like somehow it's just us being a product of our environment and that that's not wrong. Like, when it's wrong, there's just, I don't know. It gets back to my thing, there's nothing wrong with you. I just don't think that there's anything wrong with any of us, but there's, like, ways that we have to go back and interpret it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're still in the ocean, aren't we? Yeah, I yeah, agree with we're that. We're in the so. ocean. Still in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Someone <laughs> toss me my swimmies. <laughs> I want a body surf. And Did that get to the genesis of the nemesis thing for you? Did that help or no? You just like yeah. the phrase. Um, both actually. I just think the phrase. I just like rhyming words. I think they just sound cool. Like they do. Yeah. Yeah. Words sound cool. But you know, I mean, I guess you know, I'm in the ocean. I want to body surf. I want to get caught in a wave, and I want to just be thrown down to the, uh, to the shore. I don't know what that says about me, but it's fun. You like that? Yeah. I want to float forever and never think again. Same. I love that. Same. <laughs> totally I want to do both. I want to surf. I want to surf on the waves, and then I want to get on a boat and go and see how far it'll take me. Yeah. Yeah. But also going back to land and like seeing if there's anything going on over there is pretty cool too. Yeah. 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 Land's cool. Well, that's that's the other part. Is like I'm. I don't want to be enlightened. I hear all these people talk about wanting to be enlightened. I don't want. I I actually don't really want to be enlightened. I like my attachments here on Earth. I kind of like them. I yeah. like going to shows. I like, I like being. I like the people that I'm attached to in relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy that. I'm not ready. I guess I'm a young soul. I'm not really ready. I'm not ready to let go of all that stuff. Mm. How about you, Justin? You ready to let go of all that stuff? You ready to, you ready to go sit on a mountain and be enlightened? I don't know. What is that even? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's 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 like that's such a funny thing to talk about because that's really just. I think it's just one perspective on a way that you could be. It's just one perspective on what you think being successful in life is. Mm. I I actually really relate to a lot of Buddhist concepts and things like that. I'm in no way Buddhist or following any kind of religion or specific spiritual track. But I I would say that um, that way of thinking has influenced me more than any other form of spirituality. And so I can relate to to where that's coming from. But I, I always kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of, I really enjoy like being in life and being in the city and the different things that that we we just encounter in in our culture and the way that we actually do live and i always try and fuse both of those things like feeling like you're being present and maybe like you can embody this idea of kind of this sage or this like mystic thinker thinker or someone who's who can really like be focused and meditative but you can do that in the city too and like live your life and um, I don't know. I, I don't want to sit on top of a mountain anywhere forever. That sounds boring. <laughs> I'm with you. You know? I'm with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to stay in the cave? I don't I want mean, to stay in the cave. I mean, some people want to yeah. stay in the cave, but. Yeah. Yeah. This whole topic of enlightenment is huge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah. Could we even speak to it if we're not in that space? No. Right. Um, right. But you chop wood and you carry water, right? Right. Yeah, right. you still do the things you did before. You still go to shows, but you do it differently. You do it differently, and 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 hopefully, over time, 
the space between things I'm stimulated by and my response to it gets a little bit wider. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's, that's all. Yeah. My question is if you're enlightened, right? Do yeah. you still need the things you needed before? So you're like, I still want to go to shows, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, right? If you're in that space, are right. you still desirous of these things that sort of keep you going and help you have an identity or does none of that mean anything anymore? I have no idea because I feel like I'm so far from that state. <laughs> and I don't know anybody who is. Mm-hmm. I know people who kind of look like that a little bit sometimes. Like we had Tift in the studio. Yeah. Oh, cool. And he, you know, he he definitely has a presence that feels, you know, different mm-hmm. to me, you know. And there's a lot of spaciousness and lack of reactivity that's cool. So that's kind of the closest thing I can think of. Not that I think Bruce is necessarily enlightened, but it seems like an experience of enlightenment, I guess. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Do you think that people who are enlightened or like just feel calm all the time, or I know there's a leap between the two of those, that they just go through the day and sometimes there's just spaces in their brain and nothing is happening? Hmm. Like it's just like, I am picking up this water bottle and I am moving towards that door. I don't even think the I part is part of it. I mean, I'm just guessing. That's like what I was saying not earlier saying I, about I'm, carrying out the process but not describing it to yourself. But you're you're just describing kind of like they're in the present moment, they're doing the thing. Yeah, yeah, right. right. That's not what their brain is saying. What their brain is saying is... Ah. Yeah, just angels, or the brain maybe humming. is just quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not, I see I needed music because I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm with you. Like, I prefer to have music. I needed music. Like, I'm actually looking at, like, if I had a choice, not knowing what it is, if I had a choice and someone said, like, I can snap my fingers and you can be enlightened, I'd probably be like, I'm good. I want to go get some pizza. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I even want that. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Van Morrison's song Enlightenment is a great song, by the way, mm-hmm. if you guys haven't heard it. I have never heard that song. Same. You need to hear it. It's an Me amazing too. song. All right. Okay. Yeah. But he basically says, enlightenment, don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, That's the chorus. Yeah. I, I think if someone dedicates themselves to that lifestyle and is meditating uh, every day, all the time, I think they probably do just pick up the bottle of water and walk over to the other side of the room. There's, there's maybe not so many thoughts flooding and stuff. And I'm sure there's moments of that and moments of thoughts flooding in as well. But I don't think anyone is enlightened. I'm sure that these these communities around these spiritual beliefs um, you know, the Buddha was supposedly the enlightened one or, you know, there's these like Rinpoche's or whatever. I, I don't know exactly what the culture is around that. But um, I mean, I think the the idea of enlightenment is just that an idea that is like this concept that people strive to to be so that they can be as present as they can and and is engaged and experiencing reality in the way that that culture believes the reality is the most pure, which I totally respect, but I don't think that people are walking around that are enlightened. It's just a concept that's made up. No one's enlightened, right? Ooh, I mean, it's it's really just know. a thought. That's what I think. I know, I, but I like your thing that, I, 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 I like what you're putting out there, which is I don't think anyone's enlightened. I think it's just a concept. I like that idea. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or it's not true because I don't have the experience, but I, it's kind of like, it's kind of like heaven, right? Like you have this yeah. concept of heaven, like, what is that? We're all here right now. This sure as hell is in heaven. I mean, there's moments where it's kind of heavenly, but yeah. you know, it's not 
without conflict or all the other things that come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying nothing is real, but someone made that up. <laughs> like someone made up what enlightenment is. Someone made up what heaven is. Someone made up all of this. And we're yeah. back in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. back yeah. in the ocean. Oh, yeah. But someone made this up all of this. This whole show is in right? the ocean. Some of it, good, some of it, as we would interpret, good. Some of it, not. Like I think microphones and technology and our ability to have this conversation and for anyone in the world, if they chose to, to listen to it on their phone is pretty cool. So oh, if yeah. someone thought of this and wrote it down, I mean, there are people that believe those people are conduits. Yeah. So that so mm-hmm. that it's it's not actually that person thinking that. Right. It's a message flowing through that person. Right. Okay. So I'm just from I, some, I'm just offering that. I like that. We're no, sitting in a Western world right now. You no, just put that in a, Yeah, but well. so from some greater consciousness or yeah. Yeah. or larger consciousness. collective larger consciousness. Yeah. Yes. Which is still the ocean. Yeah. Still the ocean. But then we see ourselves as separate from the ocean. Even in our conversation, we've referenced we're in that ocean, and perhaps we are that ocean, mm-hmm. struggling with this human experience to, of separateness, yeah. this delusion of separateness. If the ocean is the collective conscious, mm-hmm. what is the collective unconscious? I would say it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. All swimming around together? Yeah, it's a soup. They yeah. feed into each other. It's a soup uh-huh. of consciousness. Some aware consciousness or awareness of consciousness and some just not being aware of consciousness. But I would say that the difference in my experience is like how much our thoughts interpret and play a role within mm-hmm. all of that. Maybe thoughts are the weather. I'm just going to throw that out I there. I like that. Yeah. Might as well be, right? Right. It seems similar. Yeah. Ebbs and flows, patterns. Mm-hmm. I like what you're saying about the conduit thing. That, and that's kind of what I mean by like when I prefaced by saying that it's not that nothing is real. I do think some things are real. And yeah, maybe these maybe these ideas came from somewhere as like a message or a sort of like some kind of knowledge that we couldn't comprehend that was passed down or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's a cool idea too. Mm-hmm. I just think everything is just theories, basically, that, you know, for the most part, that people have come up with to explain what's going on. But none of us really know what's going on. You know, we're just here. Just saying. That's what I, I love think. that. No, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if just kind of the idea of enlightenment is just wanting to be in a state of meditation. Like a freeness? Yeah, just just being in a state of meditation. No like, thought. No thought. No, no thoughts, like listening to music and getting lost in music. Yeah. I mean, and not having thoughts, just being present at a concert. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that can be a state of meditation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's that state of meditation for you? Me personally? Yeah. Um, well, what do you mean? Just being at a concert or? Well, I would just say since you have a concept of it, mm-hmm. you've had some experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say I'd say with music in particular, um, I, I have an interesting case because I have something called synesthesia mm-hmm. um, where it, it can if there's there's different kinds of there's different kinds of synesthesia where there's one where it's like numbers have colors um and like words have tastes and things like that it's it's a cross wiring of the sentences and of of the senses not sentences um (laughs) (laughs) make that distinction um and so for me um sound i kind of see sounds as like colors and shapes and things like that. And it's kind of involuntary. And so with music, I do kind of get that little extra thing. And so I can be 
lost in it and just kind of clearing out everything else and just kind of feeling it and that sort of thing. Um, or even just like walking mm-hmm. and just like, I like walking meditations because I'm physically doing something and I'm just existing. It sounds and, like flow. And exactly. And I was going to say, I, I didn't know what synesthesia was, mm-hmm. but it sounds cool to me. Like, yeah, it also sounds scary. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Right. I don't mean to. Again. That's yeah, kind of me. It's okay. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I don't know what it's like for you, but like, I see that as almost an evolved thing too. Like, mm-hmm. you've got, you're 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 big brained, and you've got a lot going on, and maybe you're seeing things at times that others don't see. Maybe the veil is a little thinner, just mm-hmm. as a possibility. Totally. Yeah. I agree. I think it sounds almost like kind of a, a strange like gift or something, or like a, yeah. I, I sort of feel what you're saying, Danny. That it's like if you can interpret these different senses in, in this cross wiring of, of ways, I think that's like super creative and cool. It's cool, but also it can be distracting. I bet. Um, yeah, I can yeah. see that. I mean, it can be very distracting. Where like I can get lost and I can bring myself back, mm. but sometimes, yeah, it's not that helpful. Mm. But yeah, and I mean, when I was little, like, I was terrified of sounds. Hmm. Like, I, like, if I heard a loud noise, like, I would start, like, crying. Hmm. And, like, cover my ears, like, in a millisecond, hmm. things like that. Hmm. Um, I mean, luckily, like, I'm better. Loud noises don't really scare me as much. Hmm. But it's it's things like that. Um, and so that just kind of makes it more, I guess that's a more unique mm-hmm. situation. For sure. For me. For sure. But music brings some peace. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a universal thing. Mm-hmm. Although, not to go down another thing, I know people who really don't listen to much much music at all. I don't I don't understand. understand. I understand it I mean, either. People, yeah, to each their own. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with it. But like, I, I, I don't can, read I, I don't read a ton. I listen yeah. to a lot of music, so I mean you know. Yeah. But you know, I often think about why I feel like happy so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For, mo- for the most part. Yeah. I'm curious. You know, I'm very human. But I listen to a lot of music. Yes. And I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I also, just putting that out there. <laughs> I, also think, I also think that that you're 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 like one of these spirits that a lot of sunshine comes through. I don't know what that's about, but you you are a bright light. You bring a lot of that. That's not to make you feel uncomfortable. It's okay. You bring it. You bring that a lot. Of, Kathleen and I work together. Those who don't, I've seen her work and do different things, and you have a presence about you that I don't know what enlightenment is. But there's some of it in you. I can see it. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Now I feel really uncomfortable. No, I, I actually feel great, which is rare. Good. Because usually good. those type of comments make me feel uncomfortable. Okay, mm-hmm. But thank you. Because it felt like it was authentic. It is. Mm-hmm. But but I think that the greater the darkness, the greater the light. Like the more shadow, the more opportunity for brightness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I'll just mm-hmm. put that out there as a possibility of why I, I might come off that way. I totally agree. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Because you've experienced both. A lot right? of darkness. Yeah. 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 And there's yeah. contrast. I get it. Mm-hmm. High contrast. I think the more darkness one's life provides with them for them, the more opportunity to work through it to create more light. So we can stay in the darkness. Right. We can stay in a closed closet. Right. You know. Right. Or you can decide to step out and go, I'm going to deal with this. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Either way, it seems like somehow, some way, it's making friends with ourself. That's the mm-hmm. that's the challenge. Like shaking hands with both, right? Like, mm-hmm. like uh, the darkness is is part of my experience, and the light is part of my experience, and within there somehow I have some choices. Um, yeah, it's acceptance. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're about wrapped up on time, but cool. what do we have anything else that we want to touch on? Is there anything like burning desire questions that we have, or should we just kick them to next week? Any burning desires? Um, I was just going to mention something about ice cream. Oh, we're going back to ice cream. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Shout out to shout our, our non-sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our sponsors, Sweet Cow. Thank, Thank you, Sweet Cow, for always providing ice cream every single show. You guys are amazing. It's we pretty amazing. Yeah, you're the best. Is Sweet it? Cow, thank you for having four dairy-free flavors every single day. I appreciate it. I've heard good things about the chai one. Isn't it? Weren't you saying something oh, about yeah. the chai? Oh, yeah. Shout out to Thai, thai tea. tea. Thai <laughs> vegan Thai tea. With awesome, and I think it was with Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms, yeah. Lucky Charms combination. But like, who else does that? I don't know anyone else who does that. Yeah. So thanks, Sweet Cow. So Even though you're not officially a sponsor of the show, we're just we're letting you know again that. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. I'm we cutting really that part out. We love your ice cream. I'm cutting that out. But but seriously, <laughs> what what were you gonna say about ice cream? <laughs> I love it. I think ice cream should make an appearance on every show. <laughs> I agree. I, I think I think it should I think it should totally be because I mean it makes me feel good. You know, ice cream helps. That's ice cream awesome. Back to the theme of coping. Yeah. Coping. I, I, absolutely. Cope. Yeah. yeah. And well, co- well, also it's about like moderation and stuff like that because I because like things can get out of control if you like. But that, but that's true with everything, right? Yeah, it's true. Like like. Ice cream, a scoop of ice cream makes me happy and I feel good. Mm-hmm. A gallon of ice cream makes me feel sick and unhappy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately for people like me, I, I still tend to go towards the gallon mm-hmm. and, re- and have that experience again. I don't really eat a gallon of ice cream, but mm-hmm. sometimes I have to stay away from it because it triggers this thing that I want more. Mm-hmm. So I just That's something I have to work with. Yeah. With anything that's pleasurable, I have to figure out mm-hmm. where that space is. Am I more enlightened days see what i did there Uh, in my more enlightened days that i don't really know what it is there is that kind of balance where of course i just want one scoop of ice cream Mm -hmm. that feels nice and it's good there are other days where it's like more like a hungry ghost that wants the ice cream Mm -hmm. i just work with both yeah i need to say a pema chodron quote okay Uh uh-huh nothing ever goes away until it's taught us what we need to know So we just keep making the same mistake over and over again until we actually at our core learn the lesson. So good luck on your journey with ice cream. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great place to wrap. I think it is too. Thanks everybody for showing up. Kathleen, how was this for you? Yeah. It was a new experience. I enjoyed it. We loved having you in the studio. Thanks. Should we come back again maybe? Definitely. Okay, great. And Lauren, thank you. Thank you. Justin, thank you very much. Thanks and Justin, everyone. if it's possible, and I know I won't get sued for this, if it's possible, let's let's take it out with Van Morrison's enlightenment. And if they need to sue me, it'll be on me and I'll pay the fine. Okay. All right? I think we're good with that. S- enjoy yeah. the tune. Talk to you guys yeah. soon. Bye-bye. Chop that wood. Carry water. With the sound of one hand clapping. Yeah, and don't know what it is. Every second, every minute, it keeps changing to something different.